George. Andrew. Man. Wrestling. There's How's wrestling? How's uh, wrestling been? It's it's so much, dude. It's like that fucking meme where you're just that 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 woman's just being handed plate after plate after plate. <laughs> and like I I don't know what to do. My mouth's still full of still full of them knuckle sandwiches. Like it is it's busy. It is just so busy. Um like I I did not think for a second that I would give a shit about like GCW, but here I am. Oh, my um, friend, welcome, welcome. I'm glad that you've converted to uh, the garbage wrestling that is GCW. Welcome, we're well, glad right. to have you. Even then, GCW. I mean, ROH is uh, relevant again. Like <laughs> it's well, e- even because of the fact that now they're collaborating with Game Changer Wrestling. You know, they uh. They have this tag match coming up with the Briscoes, and yep. and that was kind of their like forbidden doors are opening into smaller but very much still important, slightly forbidden doors, not as forbidden but like still like maybe I shouldn't come in here like this is kind of like the back room of a video rental place and you're not sure if you're allowed to go back there or not because you're not old enough, but you kind of want to sneak back there real quick and just take a peek. Yeah, like you 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 know you went to the liquor store to get one thing, but. Hey, but they have like, this really fun novelty thing that you want to buy as well. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it, like, Jello there, shots. There, 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 there's fun. a there's a Toys R Us around the corner. Why not? Like, get that get to that TRU. Like, go go visit Jeffrey. Go buy yourself some fucking some quality. Isn't that fool? Isn't that fool like in a Macy's now or a Kohl's or something? Isn't no, that I mean, the they're thing back now? there. They're rise from your grave. They're back. But they're... but but I, but I think they're like in a other department store. Like seriously, like a Kohl's or some kind of like store where I got to like put my clothes on layaway for school shopping years past. No, no. So as of as of this time, uh, uh-huh. TRU lives within the uh, sovereign nation of Canada. So uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have to uh, hit Ed up, but. Uh, he is prepping for an American comeback with the brand Jeffrey's Toy Box, where they're gonna they're gonna really ride in the coattails of their obscure mascot and fucking oh. I don't know. I right, just just to kind of make it not as graceful. Uh, so this article out of the USA Today, dated August nineteenth of this year, mm-hmm. Toys R Us to make a comeback with new toy shops inside more than four hundred Macy's stores. Oh. And I will tell you, I will tell you, our Macy's is closed. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't think it's going to go too well for them. But I digress. So is it going to be either think, Macy's or Spirit Halloween stores? We're going to fucking... I mean, <laughs> Ma- Macy's turned into Spirit Halloween store, turned into Toys R Us, turned yeah. into Laser Tag. I mean, it it's just one more layer of a... Uh, one more layer away from being a Nolan film. So... Uh, we can. Mm, we speaking can of Inceptions, do you think that someone like Suzuki has? I this isn't a good leeway into anything. I'm just trying to think <laughs> about how Suzuki could be incorporated into our topic. Um, but but in all honesty, um, we we kind of discussed the show going forward, and we definitely can't be a recap show. There's too much wrestling, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Too much wrestling to keep up with. There's too many shows coming back. Too many organizations, you know, starting up again. 
getting live shows and live audiences again. It's just it's going to be too much to keep up with on a weekly basis. So I think moving forward, we're just going to talk about wrestling and what is important and relevant to us at that time. It could be current events. It could be, you know, matches we've watched recently. It could be matches we've watched 10 years ago. So, you know, yeah. just not not something very time sensitive. So, you know, when we only get to record maybe a month here and there, we'll have something, you know, interesting to talk about no matter what. It's it's essentially boiled down to yum yum rubber tum tum. There's just so much going on and like mm-hmm. at, at some point we we can only digest so much before we get tummy aches. There is such a thing as too much wrestling too and while much it's wrestling, yes. And while it's good to, you know, stay on top of the going ons and and kind of digest and talk about it. We got to give ourselves that room to digest. We got to mm-hmm. we got to b- just actually move it around a little bit, like mush it and, and, before and, we swallow and, it down. And, and also to give yourself the availability to watch other wrestling if you feel the need to do so. I just started watching some more Joshi stuff. I watched the Wrestle Princess too. Um uh it's like their pay-per-view like they're kind of like big event for the year mm-hmm. i mean i've only got to watch a few matches of it but i'm like completely enthralled by it like i have not really been keeping up with it other than when like maki ito came to the states but kind of watching the stuff now it's it's super interesting man i mean they are doing stuff right now that i like could not even compare to the current product in america it, it's really fun stuff um, so I even want to start getting more into the Joshi stuff. I'd love to do an episode about that, or, you know, at some point. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to keep up with all the regular stuff, but we're still watching it. It's just by the time we get a chance to record so much more has happened since then. It's like, it's not even, they've moved on to the next big event. They've moved on to the next big rivalry. You know, we were talking about Punk's debut and now we're talking about how amazing it is to see Brian Danielson kicking the shit out of people now on a weekly basis. Like, it's just, it, it, it's moving so quick. Oh, dude. And, like, it, I think, honestly, in a, a, a big just catalyst for us doing this podcast and, and really mm-hmm. incorporating it is just because of the forbidden door, so to speak, to where sure. it's, it's just made it to where now... It, it 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 basically it's a it's a it's a duality of sorts, unfortunately, a dichotomy of making all wrestling relevant but overwhelming at the same time. Because True. now that everything sort of ties into one another, where we've got this uh, fucking Charlie Day ass like spider <laughs> web of events that have some sort of connection to each other there's that desire to stay in the loop just to just to be in the water cooler of all of those moments but unfortunately it's it's a it's a heavy toll and you know e- even with us and our prior obligations and day jobs i'd imagine for everybody else it's it's really challenging there's just there's just some wrestling you're gonna have to leave on the table and that's okay yeah, um it is i i personally at this point have tried to like stay somewhat uh up to date with uh wwe but between uh bearcat lee and and fucking mm. and i i goldberg um threatening first degree murder uh and, and don't forget and, nxt 2.0 and their hip new look oh yeah and in braun breaker um, dude 
you do not speak ill of that man. Oh, I, oh, I won't. I oh, no, okay, I, good. I I will shut this shit down. That oh, that no, man. No, no. I just I don't just like at the very least, I don't know. I don't know how many bronze that fucking like Vince That's has got fair. in him or or Pritchard. Like they 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 must have mm-hmm. a fucking uh, warehouse or closet full of them. But for God's sakes, like let the man like I. It's so petty. It's so fucking yeah. petty. He, he he's a Steiner or whatever you want to call him. I don't even know if Steiner's their actual given name. Probably not. At the very least, like let him at least have his fucking first name. Like Rex Breaker even sounds better than Braun. It it's just it actually does. It kind of has a good ring to it. Yeah, dude. Just like I don't know how many Braun like at, at this point. Well, they like, got they got rid of one, so they need to replace him with another. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, ah, mean, you'll that's... do, you'll do. That's cool. Just sub in. I, you know, it, I don't know. I, mm. so time, time will tell, but between that and LA night, yeah, I, and, and fucking, Oof. and Roman with these spicy, like unseasoned fucking takes, like they're, they're just, they're just nuclear takes at this point. Oh, dude. Mm. And don't, speak of nuclear, I don't even want to fucking get started on the whole Blanchard thing. Uh, with uh, women Ooh. wrestling, yeah, that's unfortunate. That I mean, I mean it, it's to bring back AJ and to showcase that kind of talent, and then have her previous history. It's just not a good look, you know. No. It really isn't. Um, I think. The, the, I mean, it's not exactly setting your best foot forward when you're already going no, off to embrace no. another N-word. So you should just fucking stop while you're ahead. But mm. that's another podcast. Um, yeah. This podcast, we're talking about good things. Mm-hmm. Just, so so go, go, going into not doing like, you know, current topics, Um, something that is actually current, though, and, and very relevant right now, uh, George brought up that we should talk about Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, um the the, the man who have a more american presence so i figured we should i and i would argue i think that yes he's getting more prominently featured but this man has been in the states for quite some time maybe more so than any other wrestler of japanese origin coming over to the states and wrestling um you know i mean just in the years of his long career yeah, I know there's people that have been doing it for a few years now, coming over and being here as permanent, you know, wrestlers like uh, Nakamura, or um, you know, even some of the the female wrestlers in AEW currently, like Riho and, and and people like that. But I mean, Suzuki came to the states. I mean, I want to say he's been in the states in the '90s. In the '90s, yeah. Cause I, I, mean... cause I, cause I know he. I know he was doing stuff with the Funks there for a little bit. Yes, he was doing stuff at uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling, um, mm-hmm. and then as far as like, I think one of the the I mean big first and he things trained he, tra- he trained with Carl Gotch. I mean that was you know that that that's his that's his origins. That's his <laughs> his training. You know, um, yeah. But as far as the so he his big start is uh, funny enough. I mean, while he did get into uh, wrestling here and there, he actually had a bit of an underground uh, MMA career that he's Mm -hmm. then gone and he's left and returned back to. But at this point, I think he's gone all in with uh, wrestling, I think, uh, at this point. Um, 
since 2010, he's just been wrestling. Yes. So, um, and um, he had origins, like you said, in wrestling in, in school. I actually came up in, I want to say collegiate wrestling with um, Yuji Nagata. Yep. So they kind of came up together. So their, their, their paths have kind of always been intertwined. Um, they recently had a big blow off uh, match at one of the more re- recent Wrestle Kingdoms. Sure, um, and you gotta imagine the history that's there. It's just built in, you know. They could do so much with that, which, which is, is really uh, exciting. yeah. And it's also again, I, I love how that's all coming back full circle because right now, um, the big, big feud with uh, Suzuki is Moxley, and Moxley is basically like, I'm fighting Japan. I'm fighting Japan's legacy. I'm fighting Japan's best of. Uh, between what he's doing with the AEW and like just his stints in uh, New Japan Pro when he can make it over there, uh, he just mm-hmm. finished having a match with uh, Nagata, and then at that mm-hmm. point, between that and then starting now this feud with uh, the revived Suzuki Gun with uh, Lance Archer, also jumping into the fray. Um, there's, I don't know. There's there's quite a bit with. Um, Suzuki that I think I I really enjoy in terms of wrestling uh from from a Japanese uh perspective uh he's mm-hmm. one of the few well I wouldn't say few so let me rephrase uh out of all of the uh wrestlers like the the competitors that have made an impact that I think can cross cultures he's definitely on that list because every every culture has kind of had their um, their heel, like one of their iconic bad dudes, but uh, this dude is not necessarily mean because he he has some sort of axe to grind or or it's anything that that you can be as so simple as just a rule off of the moral compass. He's just mean out out of pure sadism. Like this dude just loves mm. to hurt, and that's his gimmick, and. The fact that they essentially twist that into like something that gave him the ring name, the man with the worst personality. Uh, basically, they it, it's helped mold him into this fucking like this goddamn pillar, like this. Yeah. This entity. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I I just I I, 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 I I really like that you brought a pillar because I think if you were to recreate the four pillars of heaven. I think he's in that that list. Absolutely, like a, a, a current day active wrestlers who would have the same reverence as a Masawa or a Kobashi. I mean, he would. I mean, he would definitely be top of that list for me. You know, and he's still doing it now. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, a pillar he would be for sure. Basically, I would not. I say this with the with full awareness of the gravity that the statement carries, but he is Japanese Ric Flair in terms of like his legacy, his impact. And even then this man, like just so that you're aware of what he's accomplished and what he's still continuing to do. He is 53 fucking years old of the 53 years. He's been active for 30 of those years. He's 30 plus 30 plus. And he's, and he's wrestled, just about everyone old and current like he is he has basically been 
a prominent figure in in just about any promotion or event mm-hmm. and he's he's rightfully earned that but like yeah why so i mean now my my uh familiarity with the guy as far as me kind of like just catching up on the the history and legacy of new japan pro wrestling um i i only really go back as far as the last 10 years uh with okay. the dude but what are what is your cuz you mentioned that he he started really just uh picking up fame with the funks which makes total sense i mean terry funk is definitely one of the more famous gaijin wrestlers yeah um, and, and dory and dory funk being revered as one of the best actual like pound for pound wrestlers i mean terry always brought the brawling style to his arsenal but dory was always the you know the scientific wrestler he's always the one with limb manipulation submission holds grapples like he was like the consummate wrestler um yeah suzuki's legacy and and his resume really is on par with any wrestler fighter anyone uh, of the last 30 plus years uh trained by carl gotch he's a accomplished mixed martial artist a catch wrestler and a shoot fighter uh he was a co-founder of pancreas which is even operating today as a mixed martial arts uh, federation. Um, I mean, championships in all big promotions, including NOAA, All Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I believe he was a title holder in a UK promotion. I can't remember the name. Rev Pro, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously leader of Suzuki-gun which I would say is one of the more dominant factions in New Japan, maybe second only to the Bullet Club. I think they even are better than Chaos. Um, and and just his resume, like I said, is still evolving, and he's still creating and still doing new things even to this day. And it's funny that you mentioned his age. They had a really fun thing on Twitter today I saw circulating that Suzuki's age now is how old Briscoe was when he was a stooge for Vince McMahon, like back in yeah. the Attitude Era, yep. like same age, and this is what he's still accomplishing. Um, I mean, he's his age is right up there with Jericho. Like this man is a machine. Which man? Yeah, and yeah, absolutely, and, and shows no signs of slowing down. And the thing I like most about Suzuki, you mentioned that you know he's just a sadist. And that he likes pain, and you know this is like who he's been defined as. He is the murder grandpa, yeah. but he also does things that you wouldn't expect. And I think that's what creates this like sense of he he's doing it to hurt, but he's also doing it to maybe even behind the scenes help. Like he wants these wrestlers to learn, he wants them to grow, and he's the kind of person that like back in the day when you were a wrestler, you were a journeyman. You went to Mexico, you went to Europe, you went to the United States, you went to Japan. Like, you traveled the world to fine-tune your craft. And I think that's what he tries to do with people that he wrestles with. Because he doesn't wrestle really just anyone. Like, he'll wrestle people that he either thinks are at that level or could be at that level. Um, I've even seen him wrestle in, you know, like, uh, uh, Josie matches like a Chaco Pro. And uh, one of the matches that you outlined in your top five was a DDT match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like he'll just do these things that you wouldn't expect him to do, but he does it. I think just to further his craft, just to gain those experiences and and have that exposure. So I I mentioned the just the personality because it's really worked in defining and molding 
who he is and and, how and, he's and seen. also his and his style and his style, you know, really. Right, but even then, like, like the New Japan pro wrestling culture, as opposed to like, okay, we we took WWE for example, as far as NXT, uh, the equivalent of that would be the Young Lions, and this dude fucking hates him. He beats the living shit out of yeah. him just on yeah, principle. Yeah. <laughs> of just seeing them. So, like, just imagine the equivalent of, like, Brock Lesnar just showing up in NXT just to slap around these fucking, like, no-names. And, and just, like, that's it. And, it, and like, they they fear him, but they also, like, they take it as they a will sign of... And they will bow to him if, yes. if they are thrown into a crowd. Yeah, it's it's just like the days of Stan Hansen, like... Like, don't get around that dude. He will bullwhip the shit out of you, you know, and then you, they will bow to them for doing so. It's just different times. <laughs> but I, I definitely love that, like, like man, he was, he had, like, fucking heat. This guy had heat for years, and now, like, I think he's in the, like, he's just, I wouldn't say he's peaking, but he's reaching the pinnacle uh, of his run to where now like he's just revered outright i i i just it's such a full circle because like this dude had like mjf heat for the longest time and just like the energy that he could fucking like totally elicit just just from his actions uh more his competitive actions more or less in like some dirty heel shit like I mean, granted, like, this dude will grab a chair. Like, I think it's refreshing to, to see that, you know, a lot of the uh, the telltale signs of a heel in terms of, like, what they'll do anything that needs to get done to, like, either win the match or cause pain. But they'll do mm-hmm. so through uh, really dirty tactics. He's always operated primarily through intimidation i i can't count just how many matches suzuki did not give a fuck that the referee Mm. was in eyesight of what he was doing or like they're very rare moments where he does like you know try to sway the referee's attention like look over there hey 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 hey, look over there and then like he's got to bring a chair into it but other times he just intimidates a referee and just like i'm using this chair and you're gonna let me use it and that'll be done with it and then we can continue this match and he does that mm-hmm. just from sheer, just absolute intimidation. It's uh, it's refreshing. It's refreshing because, I mean, we've kind of been conditioned through uh, American and in Mexican wrestling. I, I see this as a as a common trope where the heel wrestler that's like the big deal is generally cowardly and surrounds himself with lots of numbers. Whereas in his stable, Suzuki Gun, like. He'll 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 use his numbers, but he doesn't need him. No. He doesn't need him, and he like he is a sheer force that like he absolutely just embellishes that, and like it's, I don't know, it's it's definitely something that you don't see, you haven't seen done in a in, in a lot, but like he he's definitely just an amalgamation of so many different tropes. Um, yeah, but the one thing, and again, like I I've only as I've gone back here and there. There aren't very, there are very few moments in in his career where he's done anything that would be anything remotely good or or face, I should say. Like he's been a primarily a career heel. 
Yes, but when he does, it's impactful, and and we'll probably talk about it. We 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 had gathered up some matches of our favorite moments of Suzuki, uh, but we both agreed <laughs> prior to that neither of us could choose the Liger match just because that's an easy one. That that's a very easy one to pick because of the symbolic, like nature of of that match the build up the the feud and the finish like it's all just such a impactful moment to send off a, a living legend of, of wrestling uh that is jushin thunder liger that that that's an easy pick you know but but we we obviously i think we both think very, very highly of that moment and for suzuki to let his guard down for a moment to you know bow to to liger and to show his respect is something he does not do very often, only one other time I've seen him bow to an opponent, and it was in um, a match that he did in America. Um, one of his former uh, protégés, Josh Barnett, a uh, former fighter in Pancreas. Which so I would like to talk about that match first, if you don't mind, because I... Absolutely. At, that whole match to me, and granted, I didn't have a lot of the um, insight to the buildup of that match, but... Okay. That was probably one of the more unique wrestling matches I think I've ever seen, just in the fact that... Mm-hmm. So, what makes Suzuki so unique, uh, um, aside from, like, the sheer physical... The physicality of, of his stature, of his strength, and his overall build, and just the fact that he's remained this athletic and attuned at his age, is his style of wrestling, in where... Mm-hmm. He he incorporates a lot. He's a heavy striker, but he's a big grappler, um, mm-hmm. which I I noticed that this match that you brought to my attention, because from what I, I've never really seen Josh Barnett compete all that much. I'm more familiar with his commentator work and like his behind yeah. the scenes work. So mm-hmm. that was I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I get to see this dude ma- uh, wrestle and like. It was definitely like this was some Greco wrestling Roman shit. Like it, it yeah. was not pro wrestle um at least mm-hmm. as far as i understood it no and, and blood sport in its nature as a event is a hybrid of mixed martial arts and wrestling kind of similar to what pancreas is and was in its origins so to see this match and and so the event it's um blood sports a gcw produced show uh first starting at joey janela spring break during wrestlemania week um, it has now gone on to have several iterations with various wrestlers with you know MMA backgrounds mm-hmm. and all different styles: judo, um, you know, jujitsu, uh, wrestling, kickboxing. Like all these different styles are incorporated into, but they're still wrestlers. They are pro wrestlers, but they have different styles and different flavors they bring. And so they've been booking these matches at various bigger events to see these hybrids like how would they face off against one one another in a a ring with no ropes is just you know just the ring just the canvas um and there's outs there's it's very much like funny um i'm thinking at tekken i'm thinking at tekken that kind of like maybe not tekken maybe more virtual fighter with going out of bounds and things like that but funny that i'm thinking at tekken because suzuki was actually the motion capture for king in the original Tekken series. He's done a lot of extracurricular things. Like, um, yes, he's actually, he's a huge otaku. Um, one piece. Yes. Is... And, and, and it has like a really great clothing line too. 
like yes. really into fashion, super into fashion. Um, yeah. in fact, the uh the nomnomi, the the famous devil fruit that you see in One Piece, uh, a lot of the Aminomi uh, design of the fruit he incorporates into his shaved head style. And, ah, uh, got yes. you. So that's what the origin of that is. Okay. And then not only that, um, he actually, they're, they're uh, offshoot ovas for One Piece, uh, mainly starring Chopper and uh, Chopper going off in pro wrestling <laughs> uh, adventures. And there is an entire character, Minoru Kaizino. <laughs> Um, yeah, who's uh, one of his uh, allies? I'll have to go ahead and shoot you a link. Um, sure, definitely sure. in the rich echelon of One Piece bullshit. If if any of you like are either a caught up or in, if you're caught up, you know what I'm talking about. But for those mm-hmm. brave souls who are like, oh yeah, I'll 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 put some <laughs> interest into this, and this is sort of like scratching a few itches for you. Definitely recommend checking it out. Um, very charming, and Suzuki does provide the voice, um, for the character. But yeah, he has a lot of uh, accomplished voice actor as well. Yes, he has a lot of extracurricular activities outside of wrestling that um, I guess we can go ahead and get into near the end. But yes, this uh, this uh, match was it was definitely like seventy five percent more grappling. Um, Yes, but the one thing that like I found like really strange because yes he doesn't have uh he's in a ring with just posts there's no turnbuckles there's no ropes and mm-hmm. again i'm not i'm not familiar with the style or whatnot but i do i didn't see any like ring outs being a, a factor just because they did they did take the action outside the ring a bit but mm-hmm. it was also one of those i like they kept talking about how uh they were really just trying to keep the match on rails with the match was um very close to ending several times just between the brutality of, uh, mm-hmm. but the one thing I was kind of weirded out by, like you're in a ring and there's, this is a grapple heavy match yet with a ring without ropes, you can't do one of his signature fucking moves, the Jujigatami. So I, I he kind of did like a variation of it on the mat directly. It just, but it didn't really have like the same effects. He did do like mm-hmm. some stuff where he, he hung. Uh, there was a spot where he hung Barnett off the edge of the canvas, and was uh, just fucking like guillotining that dude down onto the ground yeah. afterwards. Um, but I, I would say that in this sort of because these two people, these two competitors, were honestly perfect for this sort of environment because otherwise i would not this wasn't my cup of tea per se but they made it work they made it work to where it held my attention and i enjoyed the match and i would say it's his event so it's a josh barnett event and really inspired by suzuki so i think they're like the best two to give that event the exposure it needs to grow and actually Suzuki's going to be participating in another blood sport this upcoming weekend against a wrestler named Chris Dickinson, um, who you may know from Ring of Honor. He does some New Japan stuff here in the States at the LA Dojo. Um, and that's looking to be a pretty good match. I think that's going to be something special, so I'd highly recommend to watch that if anyone's watching the GCW stuff that's coming up this weekend. Um, so that's mine to start the list. What what did you bring to the table for your first one? Uh, I brought over-the-top 
wrestling's uh, matchup between him and Timothy Thatcher, this mm. fucking lanky, like zero percent body fat ham and eggs looking motherfucker. Yeah, who, yeah. Like brick shit house. Yeah, brick shit house for sure. And you know, their matchup, if anything, kind of. And and like I've seen other people really bring this point too, but Thatcher is and and like they have him currently in NXT, and I believe like they they've brought him and Walter in a capacity where they're doing things. I've really the only work I've kept up with with Thatcher when he went to NXT was him and Tommaso Ciampa, and and they yes. had some fucking uh, slobber knockers. But um, mm. like that's what really held my attention, and it's a name that I've like like kept on my kept in my mind museum uh anytime like i'm i'm just browsing pro wrestling and so um knowing that they these two had a match uh i definitely watch it only because in addition to just seeing what these two can do especially like building and working on thatcher's strengths um it just made me realize that it's probably going to be a long time, if ever, like that. We'll we'll probably never see uh, Walter versus Suzuki, and like that. I think that's mm. a damn shame. Because I wouldn't I, say I wouldn't say never. Ah, uh, dude, he signed on for another couple of years, so I don't mm. I don't think we're going to see Walter leave the the E anytime soon. Um, so I mean, what we could see is pete dunn but and that would also be fucking pretty gnar Um, that'd be very good very good right but as far as uh strikes are concerned um one of the signature uh spots of a suzuki match like something that regardless of size or stature but it's always more interesting when it's someone similar or someone that can uh, stand toe to toe with him are the forearm exchanges and out of any any of the matches that i've seen and i've seen quite a few of them and some of them were definitely um pretty gnarly this this match has probably one of the craziest forearm exchanges that uh i've seen actually i haven't seen topped until recently with uh the rampage buy-in of brian danielson suzuki yes i was gonna say that was very much what I was going to say because those two lit each other the fuck up. Um like and happily did so. Like it was like a badge of honor to get their chest pretty much like beaten to shreds. And and like the chops and the, the elbows, it was just Yeah. Those guys should have went the whole damn hour. That should have been the whole buy in. <laughs> yeah. It it's funny, well aside from the fact that Bobby Fish is a QAnon piece of shit, but I'm very disheartened to hear that like aw well i don't think they've signed him but they're definitely doing well no they he did is, sign him he, he is he is signed yeah he did get they signed. even got his they even got his old entrance music back like he <sighs> is you're official if they go and pay the rights to your music yeah because at first i was just like okay he's doing like a one-off he's still with mlw and then they fucking sign him just like oh, dude I I don't know I'm so I'll, I'll I won't. It's I'll, it's it's, it's unfortunate, but I would be excited to see Red Dragon come back. I will say that just to be honest. Um, but yeah, it it I will say that the Suzuki match overshadowed anything and everything that Danielson could ever do with Bobby Fish. Um, so 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree. But um, going back to the Thatcher match, um, I, I really enjoyed the fact that, like, again, there's the one, I, I think the one drawback to some of the um, uh, Suzuki matches is that it's very, like, anything that he does is always paced out for endurance. Like, the, the man doesn't really have short matches. You look up any oh, of these, no. like, Matt Classics, they're guaranteed to be 20 minutes plus. And I think out of any of the more um, foreign matches, foreign from his perspective, um, that he's held, like, this one was the least formulaic. Like, there were spots that uh, incorporated all aspects of the ring and still kind of basically allowed them to uh, have their chemistry of what they normally do and how they would work with one another, like the the uh, octopus lock versus like uh, Thatcher's fucking heel hook and then the dueling heel hooks because Suzuki's also a user of the move. Like stuff like that, I think worked really well and they definitely had a flow with one another that uh, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciated because uh, that's the one thing. Um, like Suzuki's a monster and he's definitely been put in like those squash matches where he is an absolute fucking monster. But there's definitely been moments where like he's he's been able to have a really good back and forth and and someone that can uh kind of meet him halfway if not more so. Uh, I thought the Thatcher yep. match was a uh, was definitely a match that not a lot of people talked about and it was uh, one of my favorite ones that I've looked up and seen. Yep. You really just have to put him against someone who's as batshit crazy as he is. If you can get someone like that, then you might have a match. Like I've seen him wrestle Kobashi. And Kobashi, like, same, just they just lit the shit up out of each other. Like, and you don't fuck with Kobashi. Like, if you hit Kobashi, you better hit him hard because he will fuck you up. Oh, dude, yeah. That is, like, that's always been his forte. Just, like, potato fucking potato. Uh Like, that's Uh, just going to hurt. You're going to feel it. It's going to be real. Um, So, yeah, moving on. And we'll get to this list a little bit quicker because I know we have a lot to discuss in terms of matches. Uh, My second one, it was against um, Okada. And he's had several matches with Okada, but the one that I like the most, it's not their best match, but I think it's the most, in in terms of telling a story and it being like an experience, was um, in 2018 they did his, uh, Suzuki's 30th anniversary show. Major event uh, in his hometown, 18,000 people at the event, in the pouring rain, outside. And not the best match because of the weather element, but like... Talk about like just a cinematic and just like like you knew it was important, you knew it was special. The dudes out there rocking the all white, they, um, just they incredible. They they uh, you know it's they, funny they did. It, it's it's almost like they made it a part of the match. You know, right? I mean, it, I I feel like they had to have known like doing an outdoor event like that and what was going to happen. And you're putting them against who, the man known as the Rainmaker, like all but, of it. But, but most of most of the time, those kinds of events or those kinds of things would get delayed, or they yep. would cancel. Like they said, "Fuck no, we're going out there, man." No, like, they, people are waiting for the show. I think the athleticism too is something to behold because they were to the point where like you knew they had to be careful, but like Okada even yes. works like the slippery mat into yes. like mm-hmm. there. No, you know what's funny is so. Andrew and I had the intention of like choosing like some of our favorite matches and then kind of like dissecting like what would be the best match. And I, 
I watched this match twice. This is if we were to like go away <laughs> and walk away from like what would be the best match. It, it it's this one. You're absolutely right. Like there's I mean, so many. It, it, it is it it is like it's out of an anime. Like you talk about him being otaku. Like like this is probably his dream. Like this looks like it's straight out of an anime. Like it is just right. He got he got his fucking entrance live performed, and yeah. the singer also like brought them both out to the ring. Like and, and just the counters and the usual because these men have wrestled each other uh numerous yes. times but this one was definitely just i don't i don't know the presentation and style just hit much harder like there is one moment where uh he's doing a jujikatami on okada and then when he's finally forced to let go he somehow fucking flips out and just sits right in an empty chair like surrounded by his fans and it's the smoothest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever like seen this man do, like yeah. it, it just words cannot. And like, as far as also like booking, like him being empowered by like the just the overall gravity of the event, his legacy mm-hmm. and, his, and his anniversary. Like he fucking ate like seven rainmakers. And like he, yeah. at some point, like he just kept powering through, and uh, I, I was, it was a little weird that like he didn't um, finish the match with a gotch pile driver that he ended up submitting Okada, which was it the rear naked choke? Yep. That's, I mean, I, I, I would say that's more his finish than the gotch pile driver. Now, I mean, just I, I think he's just so well known for that move because that's how he won a lot of his MMA. Yeah, uh, matches was was the rear naked choke. So, um, I would say that was his finisher long before the Gotch pile driver. But maybe maybe just like a throwback to his his origins, maybe you know. But he uses it not a lot even now, and I love his his approach to it. Like when when he does like the you know the the standing switch into the rear naked choke, like it's always so cool to watch, so smooth. But yeah, yeah absolutely I, love it. But this match, I mean. It it's one of those like, cause like there th- this thing was totally a one off, but mm-hmm. the the amount of energy and the effort that these two put into it, it it certainly didn't feel like a one off. It felt like an event for the ages. Yeah, it does absolutely. Like it feels very very important. Very. I keep on going back to cinematic, but I just feel like you can't recreate that kind of ambiance for that match. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, what is your second one? So this one is the one that everybody kind of uh, goes to, and that's okay. I, you know, I I'm I'm sorry for being basic, uh, but it's his uh, 2012 Wrestle Kingdom Championship IG uh, w, excuse me IGWP uh, match. Or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. IWGP match with uh, Tanahashi. So this one I'm not as familiar with. So obviously I know Tanahashi is the ace. You know, he's got that lineage. Um, this was for the world, not the Intercontinental? No, this was for the uh, IDWP Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Yeah, and... so not too familiar with this one. So so what what about this match do you think? that everyone is like saying like it is the match. I think just again, 
Suzuki at this point, like the dude's got, he has a presence. Like there's, I think if anything, you try to match up or stand toe to toe with him, but Tanahashi, he's, he's kind of like, uh, his styles in terms of like what he does are more or less like part fast, but like, on par with like a a beefy Mysterio or AJ Styles, at least the way I've always mm-hmm. looked at him. So they were already kind of having um, a definite clash with one another in in terms of like neither one were um, kind of getting the upper hand. But the moment that Tanahashi started getting an upper hand and kind of getting into Suzuki's head, which like again was it's a rare thing to see in a match. At one point. Dude fucking like has him in a in a cradle and he's using Suzuki like an air guitar. And it is yeah. one of the craziest things you like see just because like the audience, everybody, just like the audacity of this fucking like, spot. He's gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't even just like the old like he got booed. Like it was one of the like weirdest mm-hmm. things. Like you have the obvious face here, but just it was one of those rare moments where, like, they they went in a direction that kind of established that, like, Tanahashi's fucking going for broke. And it kind of grounded uh, Suzuki. But, like, that's one of the more uh, memorable moments at that point where, like, it... A Suzuki match, as we mentioned, is very paced. But, like, this one at that point was just fucking... It, it started to really pick up. Uh, the big story about it was just Tanahashi's left arm being worked by a lot of yeah. his uh, grapples and holds. Um, mm-hmm. But at, at some point, like, it it just, I think the transition between grappling and striking um, really, I think it, it flowed better than you'd imagine. But just the taunting and the disrespect, like, thrown out, kind of just, it, it sets it apart. But even then, like, while um, it, it was, uh, it's not exactly a David and Goliath per se, but, like, imagine, like, a David and Goliath pairing, except, like, David doesn't look at it like it's a David and Goliath. Like, David doesn't give a fuck. He going for broke. He's going, and, and it paid off. Tanahashi was able to come out being the champion, but mm-hmm. it was just, like, just all these little moments to the point where he even like was able to do a drop kick to fucking bring Suzuki down on the ground, which uh, on the mat with around that time when Suzuki was wrestling, that was one of his big gimmicks too. Is like, you did not get him on the mat very easily. Like if you got Mm -hmm. him on the mat, it was because like he fell to the mat. It was, there was very rare moments where you were able to like get a strike that would actually land him on there. So strike him down. Mm hmm. Uh, I I definitely recommend it. Um, it's on if if anybody's got New Japan Pro Wrestling World, which uh, I actually had to borrow Andrews for a bit. I'm kind of right now taking stock of what uh, <laughs> what wrestling. There's and two. Other there's two. There's too many wrestling. There's too many. I can tell you that yeah. from experience. Way too many of them. Um, it's funny enough. Like it's it's one of those two uh, matches. Uh, this match in terms of like how it's held in and within 
by New Japan Pro Wrestling standards, like as far as because you know the promotion, like they have their own uh, top picks and and highlights for their own mm. matches and and what they consider to be within the upper echelon of the promotion's history. Uh, this one's more of a cult favorite, I would say. Like it's that sleeper hit among fans. Um, mm. And it's like even then, like you search for this match, and like they've they've definitely had a lot of other recent bouts, but this is like on the last page, and I and I always found that to be a shame. It's one of their better matches, uh, just because it's so different in the flow of how they do things, and it was also it it like it was one of those moments where you see a lot of rare characterization that you don't normally see out of Suzuki, where he's on the other end of certain moments and. Like it, it, you, the crowd's energy feeding into it only makes it better. Um, yeah. but you know, going back and watching this match again, it's really weird. Like energy really makes a difference. I'm, I went back and watched this cause again, we're, we're doing our homework kind of like just talking about it. I really, really like the 30th anniversary match, like it's significantly better, but I still recommend, uh, Tanahashi versus Suzuki for uh, their 2012 meeting for the belt. It's definitely um, definitely one to make note of. Um, and but, I mean, it establishes them both as like dominant players in New Japan. I mean... Yeah, Tanahashi they're, wasn't they're, they're all that big. Like, I would say... No. Like, at least around that time, like, he I he definitely got much bigger and like even then has been made into a bigger deal since his recent return. Um, but that dude had like I would say Naito energy in that time frame. But yeah, it was uh I don't know. Um, it it it's just it's it's a it's a fun actually now that you mentioned it, it's a fun contrast because I guess like every new lion that starts coming up and building a name for themselves. I always feel like the they're doing something new to kind of like push the line of like uh like what and what you what you do and don't do in terms of respecting like the uh the unwritten rule of the promotion and where like uh Naito just got pushed this like face that nobody wanted dude turned it all around by just fucking utter disrespect Same, fuck you Fuck you to the crowd. Fuck you to the company. Fuck you to everyone. Yeah. The belt just, you didn't give a shit. <laughs> anti-hero. So. He became the anti-hero. Oh, I loved it. He fucked that shit up. He tore up the Intercontinental belt. Yeah, absolutely destroyed it. But uh, anyway. um, Yeah, so my other, because I'll, I'll have a few matches. I'll, I'll list these two just because we're going to be running a little on time. Um, But just some matches from his runs in organizations that maybe people don't talk about as much. One being in Noah. Uh, he wrestled quite a few people in Noah, including Kobashi. Uh, the one I like the most, though, was when he went against Marafuji, which Marafuji, um, for people in the States, may have saw him in Ring of Honor back in the early 2000s. Uh, he's still wrestling for Noah. He's still you know, pretty big player in those circles. Um, but this match, to me, I enjoy just because of the... Like, Marafuji, I always thought, as kind of the high flyer. I didn't really see him as much of a striker or much of what Noah's been known for with its, you know, very strong style approach. But um, these two just beat the shit out of each other. Like, absolute slugged each other. Um, Suzuki looked great. It's just it's just one of those matches I don't think people talk about as much because he, you know, is very well known for his running in New Japan and, and his stuff in the States. I don't think we talk much about his Noah runs, his All Japan Pro wrestling runs, things like that. 
Noah's the one is the promotion headed by Muda, right? So Muda's a part of it. He's been their champion. I don't know if he's he might be like he might have the book on that. I know Marafuji's a vice president. Mm-hmm. Um so so Muda might have some some say in the company. I don't know the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's booking or what he's doing, but yeah, Muda's very much a part of that organization for yeah, the sure. The way I always looked at Noah was just like Japan's WCW. Like Which is not bad. I mean, no. I I would it, like but WCW like in its prime. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like... Yeah, and, and honestly, even now, like I wouldn't sleep on Noah. Um some of their stuff has been really exciting. I, I don't get to keep up with as much as the other products that are out there, but I still think Noah should be definitely something to look into and definitely go back into their back catalog. Um, I know Wrestling Universe just got a rehaul, so hopefully as a streaming service for wrestling, they might be on par with some of the other options going forward. I think right now you can get Wrestling Universe. Essentially, you can sign up for an account and not pay anything until the end of the year. But then after that, they're going to start hitting you with like the 10 bucks a month, that kind of thing. Mm. But if you want to go and maybe dig into some of the Noah stuff, the Joshi, um, like Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling stuff, um, there's some other promotions they, they have on there. It might be worth looking into. Um, but yeah, the Marafuji match, I, I really enjoyed. I just, I, I don't think that dude gets his roses like he should. Like if we're talking about some of the best of all time, some of the you know best wrestlers, even now they're doing it. I think a lot of people sleep on Marafuji, and I, I just think that you should give that dude the respect he. I think he deserves. I think that dude is phenomenal. Um, and this match I think proves it. And this is back in 2015, so this is like you know six years ago, and he's still doing it, same as Suzuki. Um. And then really quick, I'll just talk about this other match. This is from a, a while ago. This is against Tajiri of ECW. So, so yeah, I didn't either. So I was kind of going back and just trying to figure out, okay, what's some matches that maybe he's had with wrestlers that were established, but just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of like outside the box. So this match with Tajiri, I kind of got wised up on through Reddit mm-hmm. and, um, the thing I like about this is this is Tajiri after ECW, after his WWE run. And this is where he's just back doing Japan, doing indies, you know, just kind of like just doing his thing. And and Tajiri, a lot of people think, is just the guy with the mist, the buzzsaw kick, um, you know, thing like that. But, I mean, he's a very accomplished wrestler uh, for years and years, even before he kind of like struck it out big in ECW. And... um this match isn't like the best match, but the thing I like about Suzuki and a lot of things you'll see in the matches that I chose is a lot of these matches tell a great story. They may not be the most technically sound matches, but they like just it creates a moment that I don't think you could have accomplished with anyone else. And the thing I like about this Suzuki match with Tajiri is like he gets hit with the red mist. They're fighting through it, you know, and, and this like just a really great back and forth match. And it's really showing that Tajiri can still go. Like, even though he's kind of been like, in my opinion, kind of brainwashed into doing the same, you know, WWE, let me get my moves in and we call it a match kind of thing. Like it really shows that he can still go. He can still do, you know, wrestling, like actual, like traditional wrestling. But I just liked the, the mist. And then at the very end of the match, um, Suzuki's got him in the rear naked choke, which, like I said, I like that more as a finish than the gotch pile driver. He's got him in the rear naked choke, 
And Tajiri, as he's trying to struggle and he's trying to gasp for air, as he gives out his last breath, a little bit of the red mist comes out. And then he passes out. And it's just like, (laughs) I don't know, just something about that is artistic in a way. And I think Suzuki is an artist. And I think this just tells a story, creates a scene that you just can't really you can't accomplish it. You can't plan for it. It just happens in the moment. And I just, I think about that. Like I think about that silhouette of him in the rear naked choke, the mist coming out right before he takes his last breath. And then it's like lights out. And yeah, I don't his, know, just something one, really special about that. Is is one last long shot before like, like giving it his absolute all. I, I do appreciate it's that. It's cool, man. It's, it's again, it goes right back to like, you can book Suzuki as a monster but like the the monster booking like he can he can do a squash match but it's it, it's so much he he makes the the process the the struggle to mm-hmm. basically come out on top so much more entertaining just because of the way he paces exchanges and then even then yes. how like he's unfortunately a moving goalpost but like in the best way like one to where eventually that's part of the appeal is that you watch him in hopes of like seeing whether or not someone can one up him now granted as of recent like that stock has been slightly reduced like suzuki isn't like the the tall tall mountain that he once was but it makes sense in like what he's doing right now in his current stage of the career that he's that he's led is uh, nothing short of like magical that he still gets to have uh, like some of these exchanges, which is why uh, I think the last match that I would like to bring up is it's definitely got a uh, a completely different tone than everything else. We've yes. Done. It's, it's yes. The... Which we, we've alluded to with his doing some of those off the wall things that you don't expect. Right. But I'm, I'm going to bring up the uh, match between him and Sanchiro Takagi in the DDT empty arena match, like fucking mm-hmm. levity here. So like, I I love that this is DDT is always fucking batshit nuts. Like it is very much. Uh, I it, it, I, it, I think it just it shows that it's like Suzuki can tell a story and he can also like he can incorporate comedy. Like yes. if he deems it necessary for the match to tell the story he wants to tell, if he needs to be in a comedic role or or, or add that comedic aspect to the match he can do it and, and he does like i actually super enjoyed watching this yeah um but just like all the uh various appearances as well like the fact that they had fucking asia kong like like seeing the fucking match in was just incredible um dude yeah i was like wait i was like what i was like what is she doing here yeah, and, it, and it gets even better because there's even more guest appearances in this match i was not expecting yeah oh, dude but even then just like the the absolute like chicanery like the fucking like just the little moments where like suzuki's just like kicking a lion that isn't there but like mm-hmm. like just all all the bullshit it was you don't see a lot of these cartoon ass matches often in this style and culture of wrestling. And I think by like maintaining like some of the tropes and, in uh, essentially like the definers that, that uh, basically illustrate and spell out like what Japanese pro wrestling is. I think this was the best way to do it. 
and in the most unlikely of of pairs of uh, like like this matches of doing it like these matchups and these individuals they fucking they came out swinging with like just flying colors i i really really yeah. enjoyed um just what and and like there were mo- it wasn't all cartoon nonsense like it, it was yeah there's like, actual like yeah wrestling yeah but just seeing them out on this fucking like baseball field falls count anywhere and making their way and traveling through like i'm normally in the stands yeah yeah i'm normally like not the biggest fan of empty arena matches but in terms of empty arena matches because they're so hard to pull off unless unless you have like people involved that can have the kind of charisma to like basically feed into what's going on without like a crowd or anything behind them. Like this is up there with rock and mankind. And I say that wholeheartedly, like with like no hesitation. I mean, fucking at some point in the match when they're like in the, I don't know where they're at, like the arena where where they serve food, the concession stands or something like near the sky. Fucking fucking June Kasai shows up and does a splash through a table. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is he doing here? Like, Jun Kasai is, like, a hardcore deathmatch wrestler, and he just shows up. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, here he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, go to Hisashi, insane. Saki, Akai. Like, they're... Like, Who they... is the guy that was trying to pay off the ref? Uh, I'm familiar with him. I think that was Muscle Sakai. Okay. <laughs> those, are, okay. They're, those are some of the other DDT. Like, I yeah, no, there's... It was just fucking like it was nonsense, but it was fan service mm-hmm. nonsense that really yeah. I think anybody um, with a even a vague familiarity would enjoy and um, <laughs> and totally get a, a fucking kick it, out of it. It had me think of I had to look up the name because I couldn't remember the the competitor's name, but I wonder if uh, Suzuki would ever wrestle uh, Yoshihiko. Do you know who Yoshihiko? I is? I do not know who Yoshihiko is. It is the doll that Kobashi, uh, not Kobashi, uh, Ibushi wrestled. Oh, God. The fucking <laughs> Kenny Omega wrestled yeah. this doll, too, right? As well, yes. And Kenny Omega also wrestled a child <laughs> at one yes, point. A D- DDT's girl. wild. DDT's wild. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the insanity. This match was, again, because, like, we, we mean it when you say this man doesn't have short matches. This fucking match went on for 30 minutes. Still. Even still, yeah, but absolutely. like I love the clincher because they're in this, they're in a dome, a baseball field. Motherfucker hits a bo- a, a gotch pile driver on the home base. <laughs> like that's where yes. he pins. <laughs> Goddamn right, brought it all back, man. Full circle. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think we both agree. Like the Moxley stuff has been great recently, just because like you had mentioned at the beginning of the show, like to bring Suzuki to a more like American audience. Like, Moxley has been that guy. Like, if you talk about someone in AEW, in wrestling now, who has, like, opened the the, for, the forbidden door, or has opened the door to these wrestlers, these matches, these, um, you know, just matchups we never thought possible, it's been Moxley. He's been the one, like, that bridge between these organizations. And, like, he just shows up, like, he showed up at a Defy wrestling show like two or three weeks ago like out of the blue didn't announce it he was in there subbing for eddie kingston who was injured mm-hmm. like he just he just and, and he just did kingston uh, not kingston moxley just did a death match with nick gage and won 
And like they talk about, he's wrestling on AEW against uh, Wheeler Yuta. And it's like a three-minute squash match. But they're like, yeah, he's still recovering from his death match he wrestled last week. And his back's all chewed up. He's all, you know, cut up from all the glass. I mean, he did, Wheeler like, just lost his belt, too, recently. So Yeah, to uh, Alex Shelley, which is awesome because I fucking love the shit out of Alex Shelley. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't... Cool times. I would say it's a combination of of Moxley and Jericho because this all really started yes, with Jericho. Yes, you're right. It, it, oh god, you're right. Like Jericho was that initial yeah, with the, you know, painkiller or whatever he was calling himself pain back maker. then when he was painmaker. Thank you, painmaker. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, Jericho, man. Props to that guy. He's definitely the one that get, got started. Um but no, it I, I think, too, because, like, this motherfucker is still, like, he is making his American, like, like Suzuki isn't stopping. And, like, he's still, like, I, I don't know if he, I don't know if he is going to, like, make it in a strong show. But, like, he's still, like, doing what he can, like, in the States. He just had. He he did that one. He did a tag match, or he's got a tag match coming up with uh, Moxley Kingston against Suzuki-Goon. It's uh, Lance Archer and Suzuki. And mm-hmm. I think that's a. That's a strong match. Yes. I don't know if they've already done it, but I think it's either happening or it's already happened. It's it right. I'll have to check the timeline on that because again, too yeah. much wrestling. But yeah, no, like even then, like fucking recently, Daniel Garcia had like an elite four ass weekend where he wrestled Suzuki. Holy shit! He wrestled yes. Punk. He, god damn it, who are the other two people that he wrestled? Like, and he, he did this like back to back within days. Um. Yeah, it was all like in a four day weekend. Yeah, um, and they ju- and he just got signed like just today on Twitter. They they confirm he's all elite. So props Which, to that guy. God damn, what a get! Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy that like the fact that he went from like one of the like the big bad meanies uh, within Japanese wrestling to where he's now like this dude's like riding out like the edge of his prime and he's doing it mm. on like terms that like he's doing it in ways that like none of us could have possibly imagined. Like he's he, like, he, I, he's, he's the, he's the consummate statesman. Like he represents the, the style of wrestling in Japan. Like he represents the art of wrestling. It's just, there, there's nothing about that guy. Like you compared him to flair. I, I would very much say like he is flair in his prime going through the territories like making their stars look great, but also being that like champion, like, you know, just like the best of the best. Like he has been doing that. He continues to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at least make an appearance in impact NWA or, or even maybe random ring of honor. I think they've already said he's going impact. Yeah. I think that's already been confirmed. Yeah. And like, I mean, I believe triple a might have something oh, going for him as well. That'd yeah. be, Dude, him in Mexico would be insane. It would. It would absolutely. He, be. Oh, he he needs to go against Andrade in AAA. Yes, I <laughs> also. Which would be fucking. And again, it would definitely. I hope because Andrade has been getting a lot of unfair flack since like he's left the E. And like, I can't believe that shit. Do they not know who the fuck this guy is? Yeah, dude, like, like, I think it has a lot to do with, like, Melter. Melter's been downing on him, and then other people are just, like... I'm... Like, his his matches with Pac are good, but, like, I don't know what it is. They they want, like, something amazing, like, 6 out of 5, like, 11 out of 10. I'm like, bro, 
Like he has. Fuck it. Give, give him. I mean, he's already gone against Omega once. Let him go against Omega again. Let him go against Adam Cole or Brian Danielson. Like, dude, he. I would love. I would love a match with him and Brian Danielson. Yeah. But honestly, him and Suzuki, I think they could fucking. Mm. Again, mm. And, it, and it can work, but just because, like, just the clash of styles, like, just like, yes, at any point, like that, like, Andrade is gonna try to use all the ropes to like his advantage, like. Suzuki can fucking like turn it into a grapple like that. Can turn it into or a hole. Just cut, just just cut him down like a tree, you know. Take him out at the knees. You yep. know? <laughs> it, yeah, it would, absolutely. it would fucking, it would totally work. So, yeah, yeah. this man, um, uh, like he may not have had like the global impact of maybe someone like say the Undertaker or again Flair in terms of like how how much of a household name he is across the world Mm -hmm. but like he's he's making up for lost time this man is like like he went from just being like the niche like the the murder grandpa to whatnot to where like more and more people are knowing who suzuki is and like and 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 now you see him in a in a match and and you know the crowd's gonna sing to kaza ninare like they just know Holy it's instinctive. It's instinctive. And, and and if you fucking cut his music, if you don't play that song to its full climactic conclusion, fucking you just, hell you rain just upon you. You just need to play it to the minute hell 30 mark. Rain. You just need yeah. to play it to where the, man, the beautiful man makes his way to the ring. As long as he's on the fucking mm-hmm. uh, ringside or inside and you can just get to that breakdown of then you're good. Yeah. You're good. You satisfied good. everybody. You you... Yes, we're happy. Thank you for including us. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, which, yeah, I I think that's one thing we kind of left out that I guess we can cap off the show with. Out of everyone, okay. like it, there there are wrestlers that kind of like they have their that are are synonymous with their music. Like they have that, like Danielson with. Um, uh, Flight of the Valkyries, Valkyries. and yeah, Punk yeah. with Cult of Personality, like the glass breaking and Stone Cold, you know? right? Like, yeah. it it's not often that um, there's wrestlers who have licensed uh, music where they redefine what that music is. Like, you know, you'll never, no one who's a pro wrestling fan will ever listen to Flight of the Valkyries the same because, like, Brian Danielson's absolutely redefined like what it means like what what it feels when when you hear that like something's mm-hmm. happening something like something's about to happen and uh kazi ninare totally has that effect like i would like you know out of all of the um out of all the new japan uh songs it's like nakamura's theme is also like fucking it, it's pretty hard hitting like i would say it's definitely like it's a mix of like alternative rock meets super sentai. Um, but mm-hmm. between his and Okada's and even like, um, fucking, uh, Kenny's old cleaner music, which I, I think yeah. is just one wing. I, dude, pound for pound, his AEW theme is my favorite theme in years. Like battle cry is so goddamn good. I, it's good. I, I just like Justin Roberts hitting the North Carolina. That shit is fucking <laughs> gold. So good. It's it is brilliant. But like mm-hmm. I think in terms of like those um those wrestlers where like their their music 
is just as synonymous as who they are in the ring. Like I've never, I've never really seen, not since uh, Nakamura's, which I, I'm kind of curious who composed Nakamura's e music. Like that can that was not Jim Johnson. Like I refuse Wasn't to believe. Uh, uh, no, no, he is. He's been gone before that. That's um, I don't know their name. It's like C CEO or CFO or something like that. The other one's doing the music for most of like the NXT like come ups. Yeah, but even CFO, then, like, CEO, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like Nakamura's uh theme, like not since then have you like just seen somebody totally embrace like like for just just the the impact and the uh the overall vibe that uh Suzuki like offers and brings just at first glance and like just seeing him in the ring him coming out to such a hauntingly like poppy song but like it's haunting in a, in like very like it invokes definitely a feeling but it's more like it it's just weird just the the fucking the violins and the the like the the uh chord breakdowns just yeah it it's a very unique song that like i'm i i i just i'm happy to see that like you, you can't imagine like him it it entirely sets the table it sets the mood for like uh, any of his matches yeah. Same with Suzuki, like the the man makes the song and the song makes the man. I mean, he is synonymous with that. You, you oh no, I'm talking about Suzuki. I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. talking about like yeah. you know, it, it like the it, and it's just it's every aspect of the song. It's the effervescent vocals, like and like by a female singer. Like there there just there's so many things that I guess what I'm trying to say is it is not what you would imagine. It a, yeah, you're right. Like on, on first impression, you wouldn't think that's the song with that wrestler. Like for all the elements that it has, it's it's surprisingly fear invoking and, and still very masculine. Like I know that sounds like maybe a shitty way to describe it, but there there are moments of it to where like even though like there there's definitely like parts of the song that very much uh, are like they they're in sync with who Suzuki is as a as a competitor and and an overall uh, character. Um, you still wouldn't necessarily like, especially for people who are introduced to him for the very first time. Like that's what it comes out to. Um, but then like, before right, you know right. it, like fucking, you can't, you can't not hear it. You almost hear that song in the middle of his match. Like at any point that he's rallying mm-hmm. or doing a comeback, like you, you can almost hear it like fucking surging. Just yeah. Like getting an louder anime. and louder. Yeah. So. Which I mean, dude, yeah. Straight up anime. Uh, that would be Suzuki. So, Okay, I think that's a good place to stop. I really enjoyed taking this this trip down um, the the career and the life of Minoru Suzuki, and I hope that everyone listening did as well. If you get a chance, seek out this bo- this man's body of work. Go watch some matches. Watch his current run that he's doing with AEW, New Japan, various other promotions, including GCW. Um, just yeah, watch like, like maybe one, one of the best to do it. Oh my god, like pulling at your heartstrings. Like it's right up there with the Flair and Michaels retirement match. It's just I I will go and watch that clip on YouTube almost on a like I would say every few days I will go back to it. It, it is on my constant rotation. Um yeah, just something about that man. Like 
best to ever do it. Still doing it. Yeah, I, I I fully think he's, he's, he's had well some, worth watching. He's had some incredible feuds with like fucking again Nagata. Even more recently, he's had some great matchups with uh, Abushi. Fuck, dude, he's had mm-hmm. he's had even a good feud with Yano. Like I'm, I was gonna say, like he can, yeah, he brings that out of the the wrestler. Like he can create those matches. Like you can't have a bad match with Suzuki. I don't think he would let you. I think he might actually murder you if you tried. He would beat the ever living <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> he would force the match out of you. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed listening. And if you have a suggestion of another wrestler that we can showcase, we're all ears. Let us know. Um, I'm very excited to even go and, and dive in some areas and some wrestlers that I don't have a lot of familiarity with. So, yeah, bring any and all suggestions. We're happy to hear them. But until then, um, yeah, we'll sign off. I appreciate your time, George. Thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Love that Dan Housen. Ah, maybe that'll be the next episode. Okay, we'll talk about it. <laughs> See ya. Right.